Well, the quarterbacks spoke today at the NFL Combine. We will listen and react with you right here on ESPN Radio with Jonathan Zaslow in for Amber Wilson. I'm Ian no. Simmons. We appreciate your time here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, as we are presented in part by Progressive Insurance. Zaz, good to have you back with us on a Friday evening. A happy hour has begun whenever you really truly need it to. Yes. Uh, the weekend here is, is upon us. And thanks for coming and suffering with us as we have put James Steele, our producer, already through uh, the inner rings of Dante's Inferno and our pre-show meeting. How you been, Zaz? Good no to see you, suffering whatsoever. I'm <laughs> glad to be here. I'm glad to see you. I like ending my week like this. We'll bang out some hours talking sports, and then we relax on the couch. We'll get after it. I'm here for it. Let's go, man. And coming up in about uh, 15 minutes, one of the best coaches in all of hoop, football, you name it, will join us right here coming up at 7.15 Eastern Time, 4.15 Pacific. Uh, you don't want to miss one of the best coaches in all of sports right here with, uh, with Zaz and I here on ESPN Radio. But let's begin with the quarterbacks in the upcoming NFL draft. Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, they all spoke today at the NFL Combine. Let's begin with the top three and Caleb Williams and – is this a young man that is not taking medicals at the Combine? And for people who don't know, the late, great Gil Brandt is the one who actually came up with the NFL Combine. Former Dallas Cowboys executive with the late, great Tech Schramm. They were trying to save money when the NFL wasn't making a lot of money way back when, right? So in the 70s and 80s, and they tried to figure out how could we get medicals and personnel and personality and, and, and get one-on-ones with every college athlete coming into the NFL instead of having every NFL team go from campus to campus. And the late, great Gil Brandt is the one that came up with the NFL Combine. And the number one reason? Medicals. By far, bar none. Uh, I mean, Gil became a friend of ours, as, and he has told that story a million times. That was the number one purpose of the NFL Combine. That and getting quarterbacks on a grease board. Right. Well, but so they weren't going around carrying all of these exactly. medical folders. Right, and you know, and having to go and and you know use you know university, you know, medical facilities. You name it. Yeah. That was the number one reason. Well, Caleb decided. You know what? I'm not going to do medicals today. And I'll, I'll, like you, you would have thought the world stopped rotating on its axis. But why well, is that though? Why did he decide we're we're not going to do this? His whole and and he he addressed that. He actually said and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, "Look, you know, there's only five or six teams that are really interested in 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 grabbing me. So instead of doing something for all 32, I will do medicals for every team that is actually interested in drafting me." Which makes perfect sense. Instead of yeah. spending all that time, you know, going from team to team and doing medicals you know, or even just he said, you know what, I'll do individuals, whomever is really interested. Which also, by the way, for his his group, right, you really now know who is interested in drafting Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. So he's narrowed, in, in, in their mind, they've narrowed down how many teams are truly interested in pursuing his services at the next level. So that, 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 that's one aspect of it. I was a little bit surprised at first, and when he explained it, all right, I got it. You Makes know, sense. It's, it's almost like a chessboard, right? Yeah. Who's who's interested in me now? You truly know. Well, Caleb yeah. Williams also talked about what he, what he has told the teams that he's met with about him, the person, the player, and why he's missing meds. Here's Caleb Williams. The main thing that I've you know if they if they ask me or if it comes up, the main thing that I've said I, I want to go to a place that wants to win. Um, a whole a whole you know three sixty. So meaning the from the top 
all the way to you know the guys um, and 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 down to the, the down to the the, the the janitors the people that um, you know that, that that you know make everything run um, you know it's just everybody wants to win everybody's a part of that and 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 you know we all take care of each other look the only knock I have on this young man's ass and I'm curious <laughs> to get your thoughts is when he painted the four letters that begin with an F and and ended with a K on one hand and then Utah on the other in the Pac-12 title game, right, on his fingernails. Uh, mm-hmm. That was immature as hell. And and that was the second time he'd done it, not just with Utah, but with other team, or with, with another team. That is something that Lincoln Riley probably should have gotten a hold of last year as his head coach at USC and said, man, don't do that. It's not It's not good optics, right? But you thought all the other stuff was way uh, overblown. The sitting on the oh, bench, uh, the crying there, with the mother. There. Yes, I, was, I did both those games. Mm-hmm. The dude wants to win for everybody around him, not just the man in the mirror. The man in the mirror is last. The whole painting of the fingernails was very immature, in my, in, 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 in my opinion. Other than that, I can't knock the guy. What about you? Yeah, I, I mean, you can – the place where I think where people knock him is when we start throwing around the generational QB term. We don't hear that all that often. I mean, the last one of those generational QBs, I think that worked out. We probably got to go to Andrew Luck, right? That was probably the last one. Correct. So when we hear generational QB, I think we start to look for some things, not necessarily like the example you just gave, but... The two that I mentioned there were sitting on the bench by himself. Okay, he only cares about himself. Crying in the stands after the game. Okay, he only cares about himself because he's not crying with his teammates. He's crying with his family. So I think we try and look for stuff like that when we're talking about such a such a high bar that we're setting with generational quarterback. I think it's unfair, obviously. I don't really see – and I know – he, you know, there were games last year, the Notre Dame game, there were games last year where he he didn't look like a generational quarterback per se, but it's interesting where these guys, they don't have to come out these finished products, you know, in year number one, in the rookie year. There is going to be gradual growth with these guys. So even if he wasn't great every single game, I I don't see any real issues with with the, I guess, the expectation on Caleb Williams coming into the league. Yeah, and those two instances you mentioned, I was there for both of those. One, for the Utah game, he was standing cheering on his defense, and then that camera caught him five seconds later after the kick went through the uprights to end the game. Utah I never wins. understood the criticism yeah, on that I, I, why, why are you Why are you ripping a kid for being passionate about winning and losing? Then you have Jaden Daniels, former LSU quarterback, who set records, first 12,000-yard passer and 3,000-yard rusher in the history of college football as a quarterback. Jaden Daniels and the possibility of going number one overall. Here he is. If you end up being picked by the Bears, what would it be like to be in Chicago? Uh, it would be dope. You know, this, this uh, Chicago, obviously, there's a lot of greats that came that played professional sports in Chicago, so it would be dope. And what about the Commanders? Yeah, Commanders too. Uh, you know, be able to follow the lineage of, you know, guys like Doug Williams, you know, won, a, won the Super Bowl there. and uh, Hopefully, you know, uh, be able to just turn around the city. Ian, are we just in that phase right now before the draft where we're we're trying like we need these talking points, so we're hearing a little bit of could Jaden Daniels actually go number one? Is Jaden Daniels a guy who maybe the Bears should consider at number one overall? Because I mean, there's no real possibility of that. I feel like we're in that news cycle right now where all right, 
we got to talk about this for a couple of days. Yeah, and, and to your point, it's all in the eye of the beholder. I mentioned this last night, and I'll say it again, and I'll say it all the way up to the NFL draft. You know, Dan Orlovsky likes Jaden Daniels as the best you know, quarterback prospect. Mel Kuyper and so many others like Caleb Williams. Tim Hasselback likes Drake May, who we'll hear from coming up later on in the program. It's all in the eye of the beholder. But I'll tell you this, it is a deep quarterback draft. It's a deep, and I do mean deep, like Grand Canyon deep, wide receiver and offensive line draft. But if you ain't got a quarterback, you ain't got a shot. And we'll bring in a former NFL executive to talk about that very thing coming up in hour number two. But coming up next, when you return, one of the best head coaches in the country joins us right here on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Jonathan Zaslow in for Amber Wilson. I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. You're on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. And Zaz, we have a remarkable college basketball slate tomorrow. And one of the highlights... It's a top 15 matchup, and it's a sports hate. Uh, This is a rivalry that most of America really needs to get on board with. It is Kansas. It is Baylor. And the three-time Big 12 Coach of the Year, he won it all just a few years ago for the Baylor Bears. He's a great friend of ours. He's been there for 20 years, which is amazing. 20 years. Scott Drew joins us now here on ESPN Radio to get you ready for a remarkable weekend in college basketball. And, Coach, thank you so much for your time. I mean, when I say – before we get into ball and everything else – when I say 20 years as the head coach at Baylor, does it, what's that mean to you? Because we know other schools have come calling. It means I'm getting old. <laughs> I heard this stat. We've had 54 class players play professional basketball. I start thinking, man, when, you're, when, you, when you've been in a place 20-plus years, it's hard to remember 54. That's a lot of, that's a lot of guys. So, but uh, uh, it's uh, a lot of success. Because we've had great staff, uh, assistant coaches, trainers, strength coach, great players. And what's really cool is uh, some of them now are having some really talented kids that were recruiting. So uh, <laughs> that, that really makes you feel old, by the way. <laughs> wow. Coach, when, when you do get promoted to the job 20 years ago, I mean, do you even allow yourself to think about what it's going to look like several years down the, lo- down the road, let alone this many years down the road and still the head coach? Well, I think uh, uh, everybody's got a plan, and uh, usually that plan involves one year at a time because in college basketball, um, things change really quick. We've just been blessed to, uh, again, have great people and uh, great players and, and, and 
and coaches. And because of that, everyone's sacrificing for the team. We've been able to accomplish a lot. And uh, to see the uh, past players come back and uh, to see them get recognized by the fans and appreciated for what they've done for Baylor basketball, um, that's, that's like a parent when you have kids come home and uh, everybody's excited in the neighborhood to see them. It makes you really feel good. We mentioned, Coach, that uh, speaking, of, you know, speaking of feeling good, you won it all in 2021. So, you know, obviously the tourney. Yeah, that was a good feeling. <laughs> euphoric right I mean it doesn't get any better yeah. when it comes to you know championship week is on the horizon the tourney will be here before we know it for if for that fringe fan or, or, or the diehard fan that wonders what it, does it truly take to go and win a national championship in college basketball you've been there and done it what does it take well first if you don't if you don't have a great team player staff you you, you got no chance second when you when you do get to March, um, uh, there are a lot of distractions, and the teams that uh, can really um, handle those and be able to lock in and focus on uh, scouting reports, attention to detail, and um, stay in the moment. Uh, those teams have the best chance to be successful, and uh, a lot of times uh, the best teams don't always win, and that's why it's March Madness. And if we wanted the best teams to win, everything would be uh, four out of seven or three out of five. So you really got to be on point for that uh, uh, 40 minutes to do everything you can to make sure you survive in advance. And uh, obviously it's a stressful month, and that's where uh, probably the last point comes in, and that is teams that uh, really like one another, they want to keep playing, and usually that uh, uh, can be something that uh, gives you an edge uh, in a couple close games because – um, these are long seasons. It's year-round sports now, and some teams by this time of year are ready for the next year and ready to get on uh, with their lives and, and get away from some guys on the team. And uh, if you got a team that really likes one another and wants to fight for each other, it gives you a better chance to be successful. Coach, do you when we get to March, and you know today being March one, so we're there. Do you do you usually know? Okay, this is a team that I, I think we could make a run. This year, like, did you know that in 21 that when March rolled around mm-hmm. that that was a team that you feel can make a run? Well, actually, the year before that, we had won 23 games in a row and uh, were, num- were going to be a number one seed. And then the tournament got canceled because of COVID. And then the year we won it all, either we won uh, 19 in a row or 21 in a row. Uh, and obviously I knew that team had a chance to win it all. Um, and then the year after that, we started out 15-0, and 0, and then we ended up having uh, three season-ending injuries, one to Jonathan Chamwachachua, who was Big 12 uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, one was to our third leading scorer at the time, L.J. Cryer, and then uh, Langston Love had torn ACL and was out for the year. And um, I thought that team had a chance to, to – so even with those injuries, um, we're a number one seed and lost to North Carolina at the buzzer, and, uh, or went to overtime and then lost to them, and they went to the championship game. So um, those three years right in a row, you could have won it all. And then uh, since that time, um, with with uh, the transfer portal and everything changing, really, I think now more than ever, there's more teams that have an opportunity. And you've seen teams be last four in and make it to a Final Four, but I think more than ever, you have uh, anybody in it's got a chance to win it, and every coach comes up with a game plan that if they execute it, they can advance. Now the question is, can you do it for six games? And that's what March Madness is all about. He's a three-time Big 12 Coach of the Year. Uh, Baylor head coach Scott Drew joining us here on ESPN Radio with Jonathan Zaslow. I'm Ian Fitzsimmons getting you ready for a remarkable weekend in college basketball. And 
this this rivalry with Kansas, Coach, I mean, it, it has truly blossomed between your two schools. If, if you can, take us behind the scenes. What is this like for a coach and your players to go, you know, mm-hmm. let's go get it again, man, swap some blood, a little sweat, and, uh, and, and, and try and get a dub? Well, Kansas has always been a, a, a great program in the Big 12, but really what's made the Big 12 special has been uh, all the other teams uh, improving, and there is no bottom. And from that, uh, you have both of us winning uh, national championships. You had the year before that, Texas Tech making it to the championship game. Um, so a lot of different success uh, across the board. If you look at us in Kansas, um, you go back to uh, 2008, and we're the only two teams that have won 18 or more games a year. So both wow. consistently good. You look at the last uh, um uh, four years, they've won three Big 12 titles. We won two because we shared one. Um, we're four and five against them uh, and and have split the last four years or five years. Um, so a lot of, uh, I think we're two of the only four schools to win a game in the tournament the last four years. And then uh, you can go up and down with a, a bunch of more uh, numbers. But um, that that. Kansas has done a great job uh, uh, in in making the Big 12 so visible, but really top to bottom, as the, as the leagues improved, that's what's made it where we're the number one ranked league and once again ranked the number one league this year. Are you right off that? I mean, all the, those remarkable statistics, and if you ever watch these two go at it, it is hypnotic. How do you well, switch? I got one your... more for you. I got come one on, more. Come in on, the last Coach. Come on. Years, both of us. Both both of us are the two winningest Power Five programs in the country. We're one in there too. I can't wait for tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> one one o'clock Eastern, noon Central, in, in Waco, man, on ABC. It's number seven Kansas against number fifteen Baylor. Just go ahead, whatever you have to do in the morning, change the baby's diapers, take out the trash, whatever you have to do, <laughs> get, be ready for one o'clock Eastern, noon Waco time for Kansas Baylor. What is your sleep pattern like the night before you go up against the Jayhawks? Well, actually, um, the night before is always a great night for me because he's in the barn. You've done all your prepping. You're ready. You go to bed. The next night's a problem because you win (laughs) and you're too excited or you lose and you're too mad. So I think the whole next day for the whole Big 12 season is a mess. But the night before is usually a good night. Coach, what's the week like on campus leading into tomorrow afternoon when Kansas is coming to town? Is there a is is there a buzz on campus throughout the week? <laughs> well, there's a real buzz because we're on spring break this weekend. <laughs> they're, they're, they're done with classes, so yeah, they're really excited. <laughs> there's two kinds of buzzes, right? One for basketball, and then the whole spring break buzz. So that, that, hey, whole... hey we're, we're the largest Baptist school. We don't do those buzzes. My bad, Coach. There you go. My fault. Hey, by the way, hey, you're by the way, you're a brilliant basketball mind. When you, when you hear the name, because Caitlin Clark just announced she's going to the WNBA and, and foregoing her last year at Iowa. When you hear the name Caitlin Clark, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Bucket getter. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, man, she she's fun to watch. I tell you, the highlights on ESPN are uh, uh, amazing. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, she's done so much. You can argue she may be the most popular basketball player in all of college basketball, men's or women's, from what she's done for the game. All right, last one, Coach, and we'll turn you loose. Uh, If you had a gut pack at Vitex for lunch and then crazy wings at George's for dinner, how are you feeling the next day? Great. (laughs) (laughs) 
Can you describe to America hey, what two, I just two mentioned? Two finest right there. That's good stuff. <laughs> if you can, can you describe to everyone listening what I just mentioned to you and what it takes to get those babies down? Uh, hey, well, it, just, just put it this way. Um, things that taste really, really good often aren't really good for you. So put them in that category. <laughs> That's it. And by the way, hey, Coach, Zaz just ordered up Uber Eats, Gut Packs, and Crazy Wings to the yeah, Kansas Hotel. Go. So there you go, man. You're yeah. good. There you, there you well, right I there. love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Coach. We always enjoy the visits, man. Good luck tomorrow. Hey, thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Oh, Have a blessed on. day. It's Thanks. our pleasure, Coach. You know that, man. Scott Drew, head coach, Baylor Bears, here with us. Top 15 matchup in Waco tomorrow. Baylor's as a four-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. We've seen that a lot this year, though. It, like, it doesn't even necessarily matter which top 25 team you're playing. If you're at home, you're – like you're you're given points. The top twenty five, yeah, especially fall in that conference in the Big Twelve. Yeah. Oh yeah. come on, man! By the way, we right, Kansas fans, we were joking. Zaz did not order gut packs and crazy wings to Kansas Hotel, but your co- coaching staff and your training staff would love it. Players, yeah, you may be a little heavy tomorrow morning, especially for a noon central uh, tip. By the way, bet to your hands bleed on that one. Ooh. I'll take the Bears. Uh, give me Baylor minus four, and tonight okay. tip time coming up in about six minutes. Boston and Dallas. Celtics, Mavs, give me Boston. I'll lay the eight and a half, buy it down to eight. Give me the C's over the Mavs. All right, coming up next, a Super Bowl champion responds to accusations of leaking game plans to appoint opponents when you return here on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What you're about to hear makes absolutely zero sense to me. Okay. Can't speak for my co-host, Jonathan Zaslow, who's in for Amber Wilson tonight here on Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, as we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Bundle home and auto and save. Visit Progressive.com. Sauce Gardner, all pro corner, New York Jets. Good player. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. Just kind of put some respect on that, right? Off I mean, hands, off-hand kinda commentary. Like that, that scene in Hannibal where, you know, where uh, whatever his name is, like uh, the cripple guy, right? Who's, who's oh, paying, yeah. Gary Oldman played him. Uh, saying, uh, to, you know, to, uh, to, uh, to the CIA director, put mm-hmm. some respect on the number. $500,000, <laughs> right? Yeah. Put some respect on Sauce Gardner, right? I mean, is that a right good before player? he fed him to the pigs? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. That guy. You know, put some respect on that uh, on that man because uh, yeah. uh, he's he's one of the best cover corners in all of football. Mm-hmm. He basically accused Miko Hardman, former teammate, Kansas City Chiefs game winning, you know, obviously Super Bowl winning touchdown in overtime, of leaking their game plan to the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles when Miko Hardman was a New York Jet. I mean, I I don't think he accused. I think he pointed the finger and said that guy did this. So. My question is, why? Why, why, why? why in the world would Miko Hardman do this? Now, the conspiracy theories are 
the Philadelphia Dogs, meaning the Georgia Bulldogs. Hardman went to Georgia, played with Georgia, and there are too many Georgia Bulldogs on the Philadelphia Eagles okay. roster to go ahead and count from okay. Jordan Davis to – I mean, go on down the list, right? I mean, it, it is – it's it's riddled with Georgia Bulldogs. That's why they're called the Philly Dogs, meaning that, that group of players of the last two drafts. Okay. Kansas City, obviously – Harbin played for him, has, mm-hmm. has friends there. So the conspiracy theorists, that's where they're pointing to on Sauce Gardner's accusation that he was leaking game plans to those two teams. When you saw this story, your initial reaction. Okay, well, and, and by the way, I'll also add, Sauce Gardner was, is not the only one to throw this accusation out there about Miko Hardman leaking offensive game plans to the Chiefs and to the Eagles. I, I don't remember which story it was in, but this came out late in the season that this was a thing that was known around the Jets' locker room, or at least thought to be true around the Jets' locker room, that Miko Hardman had released offensive game plan to a couple of the teams. We already know, based on his own words, we already know that Miko Hardman wanted to be traded to the Kansas City Chiefs, and of course that's what ended up happening. My guess would be, because of what you just said as well, the relationship to players on the Eagles, that at the time, don't forget, when the Jets traded Miko Hardman to Kansas City, they were either 3-2 and two at the time, to- or 2-3 and three at the time, or 3-3 three and three at the time. It was really early in the season. So the timeline matches up also with, yeah, the Eagles were like 6-0 and oh at the time, or whatever it was. They were really, really good at that time as well. As before yeah, after the week bottom. 11, they were 10-1, and one, so they yeah. were rolling at that time. Right, so the Eagles were still awesome at the time that Michael Hardman wanted out. So it's quite possible that there were two teams that he wanted to, in his words, come get him, that being the Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. So I don't know if there's incentives like, hey, if you come get – look, I'm – I'm I'm doing uh this is you know I'm gonna be a good soldier here for you before you even trade for me I'm gonna give you some offensive game plan all right here's a little you know goodwill and then hopefully you can come and get me that would be the conspiracy theory that I would probably lean Boy, that's on thin, dude that's thin there's a well yes it is thin but Ian. That's a hell of an accusation, that Sauce Gardner. That's not an anonymous source. Sauce Gardner put his name on it and pointed the finger at Miko Hardman and said, yeah, but we're not going to talk about how you did this. All right, so let's get into it. And and, and you can weigh in on this conversation at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I have four simple questions for you, Zaz, because I find it very hard for a professional athlete, knowing that if he, if, he, if he did this, he's ostracized. Like, let's just stay in, in draft context, right, with the combine going on and the next big event for the NFL is the NFL draft coming up in April, right? Let, let, so every NFL team, if you are undraftable, they will put you in the proverbial box. So you, you might be number one on their board talent-wise, but if there's a box around your name, you are deemed undraftable. So like the like the guy who thinks we're living in a dome that there's no space. That guy, like he in the box. Tyler Owens, guy, DB, right? yeah. Texas Tech, right? You're right. going to put okay. him in the box, yeah. even though he's a pretty good DB. Okay, but anyway, yes, but he, he believes there are there are no planets and 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 we, we live are in a here dome alone. Right? This is biodome. Yeah, right. that's that's for the most our part. Lives. Yes, yeah. look up. That is a screen above you. Those aren't stars, and that's not a moon. Anyway, my questions to you are simple. One, why do this if you're Miko Hardman? Two, do you believe he did? Three, what would you do if he did? And four, if you are Miko Hardman and you know you didn't, what would you do? 
888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Let's take them in order. Zaz, number yeah. one, why would he do this? Love or scorned. Love or scorned. Like, you're, you're – He's a professional athlete. That's still I know. thin. That's I know. so thin, man. Well, it only took five games into the season on his new team for him to be of the uh, of the mindset that I got to get out of here. I hate it here so much. He didn't exactly give it very much time. Also, you had a rookie who took his job, at, or one of his responsibilities. Yeah, yeah well, which would have been one of his responsibilities. He got beat out by a rookie, and within five games, his own words was already asking the Kansas City Chiefs to come get him. So who knows how angry he is if that early into his tenure with the Jets, he's already wanting out. Love or scorned would be the first place I would okay. go there. That is all, that's still thin knowing that you are ostracized and you will never be allowed in another NFL locker room ever again if he did that. So I'm still going – I understand it's a, that's a good reason. Still going thin. Two, now also, two, by the way, we, we, we can point out that there's a difference between uh, allowing another team to know the game plan in this scenario that's being – you know, fingers pointed at Michael Hardman and the difference between when a guy is released in the middle of the season and the New England Patriots used to always pick up that guy the week that you're playing the former team. Every time. And, right. Every time. Like that. There's a difference between the two things there, right? Yeah. He finished the season with the Chiefs and ended up catching the game winning touchdown in overtime to seal the deal and win another Lombardi. Second question Do you believe Michael Hardman and the accusation against him? He actually leaked game plans to the Chiefs and the Eagles before the Jets played them? Well, I obviously don't know. But I, like I said, this is not an unnamed source. Sauce Gardner, who's a very high-profile player, put his name on the accusation. And I feel like if you're going to do that, you got to be damn sure that the thing happened. Now, we're just, now, I don't know if Sauce Gardner's a truthful guy. I don't know if he's a guy who lies in his everyday life. But he put his name on a very serious accusation, Ian. I still can't. I can't see it. And I don't know Miko very well. I mean, I, 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 I covered him at Georgia. Heck, the last time I talked to him was in a bye week for the Chiefs, right, when it was Georgia Ole Miss. And, oh, by the way, yeah, he was down there, you know, with uh, you know, a bunch of Eagles who also had a bye week. Uh, where you know Jordan Davis and, and some others were also there. Uh, N'Kobe Dean obviously was dealing with Nis, uh, Liz Frank, uh, Nolan Smith, you know, former first round pick out of Georgia. You know, edge rusher for the Philadelphia Eagles. He was there as a guest picker, you know, for College Game Day. Uh, but I mean, look, that that doesn't mean that just because Miko was there also with a bunch of former teammates. You all always see in a bye week for for different teams in a big game for their, for their alma mammy, they mm-hmm. all come back. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones that really are tied to the school, if you're not dealing with injuries like N'Kobe Dean was, they all come back for a big game like that, especially, you know, when game day's there. All right, the other one is, what would if you're Miko and you didn't leak these game plans, what you're being accused of by Sauce Gardner and others, what the heck would you do? Because Stephen A. Smith mentioned today, that is a defamation of character and it's potential lawsuit if you know you didn't do it. So at 4.08 p.m. Eastern time this afternoon, so it's only a few hours ago. Miko Hardman tweets out, there were false accusations made about me and my character. To set the record straight, I have never and would never leak game plans to another team. I have never been a person to give an opponent an upper hand. 
I always want to win no matter the circumstances. End tweet. And SNY also reported a few days ago that the Jets organization suspects Hardman leaked their offensive game plans before the games against the Chiefs, October 1, and Eagles, October 15. The report didn't cite specific evidence. If they can prove that, then Hardman should never be allowed in an NFL locker room ever again. I mean, he's done. You can't trust him. It's over. I mean, and every player knows that. So either he had a momentary lapse of reason and, and decided well, two, two momentary to, lapses. Right, well, never two mind. Of them. Yeah, two of them, which is also now calculated. So it's mm-hmm. not even a momentary lapse yep. of reason. That's calculated. Yep. Or he's being falsely accused. There is no gray in this. It's either black or white. It's yes or no. Either he did or he didn't. And if he did, and it's proven to be, if I'm the Chiefs, he's out of my locker room. He's gone. I can't trust him. Oh, really? Even if it's the Chiefs? Because I, I feel care. like the only team he could possibly play no. for then at this point is the Chiefs. Nope. Don't, I, no, he's gone. I mean, because there are other guys in that room that are friends with players on the Jets, or they may be friends with, you know, you can't trust the guy. You can't. He's mm-hmm. out. He's gone. He, he, there, there is no – there is zero, nothing that you can do to earn my trust back once you violate the sanctity of that room. What's, what goes on in a locker room in the NFL or the locker room in, in, in the NBA or in the NHL or a clubhouse in Major League Baseball, or hell, man, you go to junior high, right? Mm-hmm. I don't give a damn. What happens in that room and in meetings stays. That, that's holy ground to the Highlander. So if he did, no, man, you're out, and, uh, and you're done. If he didn't, Bubba, if I'm Miko, I am going to the end of the earth to make sure that everyone knows that I didn't because you're talking about, as he said, my character, not just me as a player, not just me as a person, but you're going deeper. You're saying that I basically cheated and gave other uh, opponents of my team an edge. There is nothing that I wouldn't do to go and prove that I did not do this. Sauce Gardner's tweet on Wednesday was, and this came after me, Cole Hardman was on a podcast ripping the Jets and all of that. Uh, Sauce tweeted out, Hardman is tripping out. We ain't going to talk about how our offensive game plan got leaked versus the Eagles, though. I mean, that's, he's not dancing around the accusation there, Ian. Keyword accusation, but man, it's it's remarkable. I mean, th- this story is absolutely fascinating. So, eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Coming up, top of the hour, we'll bring in one of the, the uh, excuse me, the next hour at the bottom half at eight thirty uh, Eastern, five thirty Pacific. A former NFL executive weighs in on what you have to do to go get a franchise quarterback. But coming up next. It's your phone calls, 888-729-3776. If you're Miko Hardman, what would you do? If you're an NFL team, would you want him in your locker room? You are next right here on ESPN Radio. Well, Jonathan Zaslow, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. Here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. In case you are just tuning in, it's tip. We have a bet to your hands bleed on. You can live bet it. Boston and Dallas on ESPN right now. We like the Celtics minus eight at tip. Uh, check the live line and, and see what uh, catches your eye. We'll have some more coming up later on in the program. Uh, so far on the year, bet your hands bleed 55-29-2 against the number wow. on ESPN bet. So, yeah, look, hey, man, we're very selective. We just try and 
We don't. We don't. We don't. We don't bet the card. You know, we're just trying to wager on. Uh, as many trying to pay the mortgage, I get it. That's it, man. Hey, look, I got two kids going to school. Come on, right? let's go. I get we, got, it. we got college tuitions to pay. Let's well. go get it. All right. On, so on the docket right now, Miko Hardman, Super Bowl winning receiver, Kansas City Chiefs, former Georgia Bulldog, has been accused of former teammates like Sauce Gardner with the New York Jets of leaking game plans to fellow Georgia Bulldogs with the Philadelphia Eagles and his former team and now current team, the Kansas City Chiefs, during the year where he was trying to get out of New York, allegedly, again, leaking game plans. My questions are, one, why do this? Two, do you believe he did it? Three, what would you do if he did do it? And four, if you're Miko Hardman and you know you didn't do this, what would you do? All legit questions. We'll get to your phone calls at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Zaz, you quick recap for people just tuning in, your thoughts on these accusations against Miko Hardman. Yeah, I don't know how much I believe Nicole Hardman's word at this point because he did go on the podcast a few days ago that kind of started this whole cycle, and he said how he told the Kansas City Chiefs that he reached out to the GM, he called him by name, Veach. He told Pat Mahomes after a game as well, said, come get me. And then later on when there was a little bit of a to-do made about those that statement that he put out there, he then told everybody that that's not what he said, that's not what happened. Nicole. We have video of it. That's what you said. All right? It's exactly what you said. So I, I, I don't know if I could take his word when it comes to this stuff. He says something. Maybe he's being truthful. And then when he realizes, I did an oopsie, I said an oopsie, I got to take it back. So I don't know how trustworthy he is in this spot. And he did come out, though, defending his name just a few hours ago. Like, this is a very serious accusation that Jets players, uh, Sauce Gardner and Kenny Aboa. And, and unnamed sources also in the Jets organization, as reported by SNY, that the Jets feel that he did this. These are names. A couple players' names were put next to this accusation. But I got no idea how you prove this. Hardman did write, quote, there were false, false written in all caps, accusations against a made about me and my character, my character in all caps. To set the record straight, I have never and would never leak game plans to another team. I have never been a person to give an opponent an upper hand. I always want to win no matter the circumstances. Rick in Kentucky. Rick, you're on ESPN Radio. What do you think? Gentlemen, enjoying the show. Good work tonight. Thank you, boss. Um, let's look at the numbers. So the Jets averaged 15.8 points a game last season. They scored 20 against Philly. They scored 20 against Kansas City. They, Philly lost the game. So if he gave them the, the playbook, it, it didn't help either team. Right. So I'm going to say he probably didn't give them the playbook. And if I'm Mr. Hardman, I'm talking to an attorney right now. Rick, thank you for your phone calls. As your reaction. Ian, can we – like, can you say that you always want to win – no matter the circumstances, when the Jets wanted you to be the punt returner again. Gibson got hurt, and he didn't want to because he was mad about the whole situation, and he wasn't getting along, apparently, with the special teams coach. That doesn't sound like I want to win no matter the circumstances, right? Yeah, and Xavier Gibson, for people who may not know, at a proud of Woodrow Wilson High School, where my kids go, they, first oh, and foremost, okay. goes on, you know, and, it, and, and was, you know, SMU, Rice, other, you know, Division One schools, uh, SMU, a top 25 team, wanted him as a, wide re- uh, as a cornerback, not a wide receiver. He says, nope, not going to happen, goes to UTSA, 
sets all kinds of records. Next thing you know, he's an undrafted free agent as a rookie this year, has the punt return touchdown Monday yeah. Night Football week one, and the rest is literally history. But he won that job as a UDFA, undrafted free agent, coming in and, and beat out, to your point, Hardman for that particular job. And Aeneas in Houston. And Aeneas, your reaction to these accusations against an NFL football player who happens to be a Super Bowl champ? And Aeneas, go ahead. Hey, what's going on? I'm here. I'm calling from Houston, Texas. Being up, baby. <laughs> what do you got, man? What do you I'm think? Just the Jets, as we all know, were their offense was trash last year. Unfortunately, the defense was not the issue. Why in the world would Miko Hardman have to give up a game plan to stop Zach Wilson? It just does not make sense. And that's all I got to say. What's your What's your thoughts on it? I, 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 it's hard for me to believe that any NFL player, especially one who's, who's got a chip, would leak a game plan to – I don't care who you are. I mean, every NFL, any, every NFL player has friends on other rosters that they play college ball with. Now, it happens that the Eagles have like half the damn Georgia defense from the last two years <laughs> on their roster from Nolan Smith, N'Kobe Dean, you know, Jordan Davis on down, right? So – and that, that's a tie there. And then he was a former chief. But other than I mean, but every every NFL player's ass has those kinds of ties. Mm-hmm. This is a, a firm accusation again that if I'm Miko Hardman and I know I didn't do this, I'm going with Rick in Kentucky. I'm going with Stephen A. What he said earlier, and that is, man, I'm lo- my lawyer is going to be on the phone and could, for defamation of character because th- this is as, about as bad as it gets because this gets get. This gets you banned from NFL locker rooms. This gets you ostracized, and you are done as an NFL player. Like, I understand what the caller is saying there, that clearly they, they, you know, other teams don't need help in stopping Zach Wilson and that juggernaut of an offense that the Jets were throwing out there last year. But at the same time, the Jets organization that believes this happened, and, and Sauce Gardner especially, who was on the defensive side of the football for the Jets, they also know that. Like, that's not information that they have. Oh, yeah, you know what? Why would they need help in stopping Zach Wilson? They totally know that, yet they still believe that this happened. It's, it's a crazy story, and it's not over by any stretch of the imagination. All right, Zaz, coming up next, who would you take to quarterback your team, Brock Purdy or any quarterback in the upcoming draft? we answer that question next year on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 